You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, we have Tim Kane on the line with us. He is the Retail Solutions Industry Consultant for North America at Zebra Technologies where he is responsible for identifying industry trends that may impact Zebra and its clients, as well as developing strategies that embrace and leverage change and utilize leading edge technology. Tim has more than 40 years of experience within the B2B technology industry and has held roles at companies such as Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions and Symbol Technologies. Tim, thank you so much for being on the line with us today. Thank you, Melissa, and I'm really looking forward to it. So yes. can't, wait, uh, can't wait to get a conversation going. Yeah. So before we dive in deeper, can you um, tell our audience a, a, a high-level introduction more about Zebra? Sure. I'd love to. For those of you who may not know us, Zebra is a global company, and we provide solutions in a number of industries, retail being the, the largest one. But we're also involved in manufacturing and healthcare and the government. And our solutions in a retail environment are typically for the users on the edge of the enterprise. So whether that be store associates, we provide tablets and handheld computers to them so that they can do a better job of understanding and running the store and giving their customers a, a great experience. And in the supply chain in the warehouse, we have scanners and mobile computers that are used there to make sure that the inventory is flowing properly. As I mentioned, we're a global company. We're roughly four and a half billion dollars and we have been in existence for 51 years. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation um, with your deep industry knowledge. I know it's going to be very informative and I love that you brought up inventory because it is one of probably the less sexier things that people think about, but <laughs> so critical in where retail is going today, especially when we think of flexible fulfillment and really being able to meet your customer where they need to be met. So um, to that vein, um, can you tell us, we, we've just kicked off 2021 and we're by no means out of the woods yet. Uh, 2020 you know, was a year nobody could imagine. What have you and your team learned over these past 12 months as we continue to see digitization of retail experiences? One of the things that we learned in 2020 was how quickly retailers could respond. And when you think about it, in the early March timeframe, the pandemic started in the United States in earnest, and retailers made changes immediately. Many of those changes were to digitize what they were doing because they had to get into an environment where they were able to provide an online offering as well as a brick and mortar offering. So you saw retailers perform these Herculean tasks of getting their inventory available to the customers, instituting things like buy online, pick up in store, curbside pickup, giving associates more technology so that they could be working in the stores in a safer environment and providing all the services they need to their customers. So it was really an amazing year. And as you go back and look at some of the things that happened, I was talking to a retailer in May, and they said that from the beginning of the pandemic, they had made 147 operational changes in their stores, which is unprecedented. 
And when you think about that and they, they move so quickly, but a lot of it, as you mentioned, was focused on the digital. How do we get the customer environment from a digital perspective to mirror what they're used to in the brick and mortar perspective? Absolutely. It is phenomenal how necessity will drive change, right? We, yeah. we were forced to adopt and um, it wasn't just retailers and brands. It, it was us consumers, right? Willing to try new things and um, be more comfortable with our mobile devices and contactless payments and ordering online and curbside pickup and all those aspects. And so it, it's, it's kind of that flywheel effect, right? Of, all, of, of driving innovation forward. Exactly. And it just accelerates. And I, I think going into 2021, we're going to see a continued acceleration. So the one great thing um, as we see this is it also opens a lot of opportunity for learnings, right? Um, especially as we're more digitally connected. H how do you use automated intelligence to drive some of those prescriptive solutions that you offer back to your clients? We are very much invested in analytics and have made some acquisitions over the last couple of years of analytics companies. One of them is Profitech, which is a prescriptive analytics company that has been working quite a bit in grocery over the last few years. And then another one is Cortexica, which is a video analytics. If I look at the prescriptive analytics side of it from a Profitech perspective, what we have is we have an analytics engine that will capture information and data from any number of sources. And if you think about the sources that are available today inside of a store, you have the traditional, which would be the point of sale, and you would have the cameras that you use for uh, loss prevention. But in addition to that, we're starting to see many more sources of data capture. One of them is shelf edge cameras, which are mm -hmm. starting, to, starting to gain some uh, interest. Mm -hmm. Another one is robotics, where we see a number of supermarket chains, uh, primarily at this point, who are testing robots. And the robots are going up and down the aisles looking for out-of-stocks. They're checking to make sure that the price can, the price is accurate, and they're looking at planogram compliance. So as we capture all this information and feed it through our analytics engine, which is a machine learning engine as well, so it, it gets smarter with every piece of data it gets, it can begin to send tasks to store managers and store associates so that they can run the store more effectively. And a good example would be if we notice that there's a gap in the inventory, we can take a quick look and see if that inventory might be in the back room. We can see if it might be on a truck that's gonna be coming to the store that day or if it needs to be ordered. So it eliminates a lot of the tasks that would have to be done by the store associate it makes it much more accurate. So that's interesting too, as we think about the role of the uh, store employee. And there's so much conversation of, you know, how does that evolve when we think of bringing in robotics? Uh, to me, it really elevates what they could bring to the in-store experience. What kind of shifts are you seeing happening as far as the utilization of in-store staff as these technologies are being implemented? First of all, I agree with you 100% that it will elevate the role of the store associate. And one of the conversations that I'm having quite a bit now is around automation, where automate the tasks that you can that are you know, repetitive, more of the simple tasks to allow your store associates to do the more difficult work. And the more difficult work in retail 
is usually around the idea of uh, the customer experience. So how do you give your store associates tools to empower them to be better at serving their customers? And some of the things that we're seeing, and we're seeing this across a number of segments, is that store associates are getting mobile devices. And the mobile devices give them a tremendous amount of information about how the store is being run. They will tell you what inventory is available. They'll help you with pricing. They allow you to communicate because the devices that they buy from Zebra have voice capability. So you can communicate by voice to other store associates. So we're really seeing the uh, elevation of the store associate as a result of automating some of the more mundane tasks. Can you share um, some a best-in-class example where you felt that um, a retailer really successfully implemented uh, automation and optimized utilization? I can't name names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Anecdotally. <laughs> yeah. But I would say that there are some very large big box stores <laughs> where if you look at what they're doing, they have taken the associate and really brought them to a much higher level. And one one example that I think really resonates is there's a, a big box retailer out there that if you go into their store and if you can't find the product that you're looking for on the shelf, which is the last thing a retailer wants to have happen, their store associates can work with you. And the store associate is trained to do this. They look for people who seem to be searching for something and they approach them and they have a a mobile terminal, they have a Zebra device, and they ask what the person is looking for. They're able to order that uh, particular product right there, and they can take payment for that product right there. So in that environment, they approach the customer, and if the customer, let's just say, is looking for a red blanket that's not on the shelf, they can offer the customer to ship that to their house. They can offer to have it at the store the next day, or they can offer it at another store that would be nearby, giving the customer the option to pursue whatever avenue they want. It has significantly cut down on the customers walking away and not buying the product and being dissatisfied. It's also significantly cut down on the customers taking out their smartphone and ordering that product online from Amazon. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's something that has been just for, for this particular retailer, it, it's been an amazing customer service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, when we think about that, you know, BYOD world, that bring your own device world that we're living in, um, where, where checkout is happening anywhere in the store, right, in any moment. How do you see that changing the in-store experience and the checkout experience? Where, where do you think that opens up new opportunities? I think there are some great opportunities associated with that. And with the pandemic, we want to get as contactless as we can. And the more friction we can take out of the store transaction, especially the, the checkout transaction, the better. So if you have a device, if it's your smartphone and you have the device and you can use that to check out, that's great. I think what you're going to see going forward is that works for small purchases, 
you know, when you're doing one, two, three items, that's a convenient way to do it. When you have a basket full of groceries, that may not be the best way to, to do it. And Zebra actually offers a, a solution, which we call our personal shopper system. It's been used tremendously in Europe and Netherlands. And it's where we give the customer a, a device to go and scan the items and put them into the shopping cart. Mm-hmm. When they finish with the shop, they s- simply scan a QR code and they can link the customer's credit card to the file and they can walk out of the store. So that's something that's starting to get some attention in the U.S. because of the pandemic. Outside the U.S., it um, really accelerated in the countries who already had the solution because their shoppers wanted to take advantage of the fact that that's pretty much as contactless as you can get. Yeah, I mean, talk about the... (laughs) The, um, the technology that, you know, was always the ugly duckling and saw its day, it's QR codes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wanted to accept it. And now, I mean, I think we're just scratching the surface of what's possible with QR codes when it comes to retail. I agree. Yeah, they, they are so much more powerful than anybody gave them credit for initially. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm looking forward to see what those integrations continue to look like in the future. One of the other things that's interesting is pre-pandemic, you know, there was such a push to globalization, right, as we think of retail. And now we're seeing localization increase and the shortening of that last mile. Um, And you touched upon it a little bit already, but how are your products helping manage supply chain and omni-channel demands in regards to this? We've been very involved throughout the supply chain and our involvement has accelerated with the pandemic. One of the things that happened was, and I'll go from the store back into the supply chain. So at the store, you had online increase significantly. You saw some retailers on the grocery side have a 200% or 250% year over year increase in online orders. And with that 200 to 250%, that was actually less than it would have been if the grocers could have taken all the orders. Because if, if you ever tried to do an online grocery order back in April, it was hard to get a, a delivery spot. It was even hard to get into the system. And some grocers actually had systems that crashed. So what we've been able to do is we've been able to give the store associates our devices so that they can do the picking, so they can pick the order. And when they pick the order and they process the order, the next thing that became very desirable was curbside pickup. And almost, yeah, and almost every segment of retail, in fact, I I tell people I live in a tiny little town. We have a small local pet store who does curbside pickup now. (laughs) They they basically put a little table out in front of the store and that's how they do it. Right, makeshift. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if you think about some of the large grocery chains, they become very sophisticated at it and they use our device. And what they've been able to do with our devices, as I mentioned, not only pick the order and process the order, but as you get closer to the store, they've installed software that will track you and know that you're five minutes away, know when you get there, know what spot you're in so that they can take the order out to you and deliver it to you as quickly as possible. They can also take payment with our device. So so from a store perspective, that's been great. And if you think back before 
COVID, retailers would famously say the last interaction you have with a customer is at the point of sale. So you want to make sure that that interaction is a good one when they're leaving the store. Well, today, the last interaction you have with a customer in many cases is at the curbside. So you want to make that interaction as possible, as, as positive as possible also. So moving back from the store into the supply chain and distribution, when the pandemic hit, it, it was, we know, panic buying. And there were product categories that were completely out. So we in the warehouse have a lot of devices that are being used with some of our partners' software to do things like ordering and replenishing and delivery and receiving and pickup and all of that. So our devices became much more important because as the retailers were trying to make sure that they were getting the product into the uh, stores quickly, anything they could do to expedite that. And in many ways, expediting it means you scan it and you scan it and you process it quicker and you make sure you keep track of everything. So we're really being utilized throughout the, the supply chain in the retail environment. No, that's great. Um, I, and I think that's there's so much optimization that will continue to happen too. And so much data that can be collected around this as, you know, we kind of see um, stores, brick and mortar stores continue to evolve in how they're used and how they're thought about um, as, a, as a point of pickup in addition to a point of discovery. Right. Yeah. So what, what do you think is next in terms of flexible fulfillment? Uh, what are the opportunities that you see that you think can continue to elevate the experience and how? I think there are a couple of things. Um, fulfillment is expensive. And mm -hmm. when you think about it, the customer used to do your, the work that now your associate has to do if you have an online order. And the most expensive part of that is the delivery. So if you offer delivery, you're losing on average 7 to 15% of the cost of the order. So it becomes a losing proposition. And this has been really acute in the grocery industry. So what grocery has done is grocery is looking at micro-fulfillment centers. And a micro-fulfillment center might be 10 to 15,000 square feet that they carve out in the back of the store where they automate that, put in conveyors and scanners and, uh, and automation so that they can do the picking there. And that cuts down on the labor costs with the associate. The other thing is they're looking at partners to help them with the delivery uh, because again, that that's so, that's so costly. And they're, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, they're accelerating the curbside because if you can if you can get the micro fulfillment center in the back of the store and cut down on the cost associated with um, the picking of the order and you can get the customer to drive to the store, that reduces the cost of fulfillment from a from a micro from a micro fulfillment in a, in a grocery environment. The other thing that we're starting to see is that. Other retailers, specialty and um, I guess department stores who may not have fulfilled online orders from the store are starting to do that. Before COVID, many of the specialty stores had regional distribution centers or they had large distribution centers that they would just use for e-commerce. They found that that was 
expensive and it was also not the most efficient way from a timing standpoint to fulfill the order. So now what stores are doing is they're fulfilling the order from the inventory that they have in the store. It's a little bit more complicated because now they have to have the facility in the store to be able to ship the order to the customer and the end user. But it also allows them to get the orders quicker and to reduce the cost from the centralized uh, fulfillment center. So we're starting to see a lot of that. And that's a trend that I think is going to continue because there is a, a cost saving associated with it. That does make the inventory visibility and accuracy much more important. So those retailers really have to make sure that when they offer that sweater online, mm -hmm. that they do have the sweater in the store or in a, a nearby store to be able to fulfill the order. No, absolutely. The, the customer's expectations is that it's going to be as fluid as possible. So that's yeah. the only way <laughs> in which it's successful. But I do think there's opportunities too around, you know, we've done some survey work um, recently too. And it was interesting. We asked a lot of questions around a BOPIS and curbside and it was, it was men more than women that were um, that answered yes to when I go to pick up, I would probably grab a few other things. So your data, I think, is also insightful around, well, where's the right location for that then, you know, right. um, and how do we merchandise around these opportunities? Because there is, you know, we're seeing the cost savings, right, that it's getting to the, but there's also those upsell opportunities um, and the, the, the additional convenience it gives to consumers as well. Exactly. And even with the rapid rise in online orders, we're still in the 20 to 25 percent maximum. So that means that consumers, you know, 70, 75% are still going to the store. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I can't wait to go back to the store. I, uh, and I'll give it, there's a lot of brands have done a good job. They make it easy to return something, but I'm tired of returning things. I just want to be able to keep them. I want to get the right thing. Um, so that's, that's one of the challenges with online is, you know, anything you, you buy, you, know, you have to be, wary of what's the real sizing. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. That's another area for sure within technology that continues to need perfection, the, 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 the finding your right fit. Um, right. Well, um, so in, in your recent, you know, uh, your firm put out a 2021 insights report, you state that 73% of consumers leave the store without a purchase. Um, and so to me, a theme within this conversation are the opportunities to capture more conversions. Um, can we better learn about the in-store visit um, as we become more digitally connected? And how do you see that enabling brands and retailers to create better experiences? I think we can learn and you know, to think, and when I saw the 73%, I was shocked because I didn't realize it would be that high. But if you think about it, you know, three out of four shoppers are going to the store looking for something and for some reason it's not there. I think some of the things that we can do, we we kind of opened up at the beginning, you talked about the importance of inventory and inventory accuracy. My belief is that 2021 is gonna put a real focus on that on the retailer's side. And I think that they're going to implement systems that will allow them to better manage that inventory. There are a few things that we're working with retailers on right now one of them is the prescriptive analytics I talked about earlier. Um, that helps. Another one is RFID. 
And RFID is not for every product. It's not for every segment. But if you think about some of the, whether it's a big box store like a, a Target or a Walmart, they may have certain categories where RFID is going to work for them. If you think about a specialty store like a Nike, well, Lululemon is 100% RFID, so I, I, I won't mention them. But um, the idea that you can use RFID labels on items that are maybe they're maybe they're a category category that's a fast mover, or maybe they're a category that is a a high margin or, or a luxury category. Anything you can do in little bits to make sure that your inventory is better. Uh, robotics is another thing. Robotics makes sense in, in some stores where it does make sense to have a robot going up and down the aisles every once in a while. Or you can use shelf edge cameras. Shelf edge cameras can also look at gaps in the inventory. So I think there's a lot of opportunity out there to improve the position of the inventory and get that 73% down to a, a much more manageable number. No, absolutely. I think between everything you mentioned with shelf edge and robotics, RFID, uh, always learning, right? Creating an environment where you're just always learning. Right. Um, that's where we unlock the opportunities. And um, and I think what's exciting, on, you know, from my side, working a lot with brands and retailers is, I think we had a lot of these discussions before of, oh, I'd like to do this. We may, but to your point, so much change happens so quickly. I think it's table stakes and they re recognize that now. So there's so much more internal infrastructure on the brand and retailer side position to be able to do something with those learnings and continue to evolve and iterate and improve. I agree. And you know the, the amount of learning that happened last year in such a quick time was was really amazing. I was talking to a vice president of operations and one of our retailers, and we were talking about you know how quickly things had to change and one of the things I mentioned to him is you made decisions almost instantaneously. And if you look back at those decisions, almost every one of them was right. The, I, I can't think of too many bad decisions that the retailers made. That's, inc that's incredible if you think about it. It is. It, it, it's a real testament to how good they are at what they do. For sure. And I think the other thing is the, it broke down a lot of silos internally, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm sure you, yeah. you, as a consultant, you dealt with that. Um, but That's for a me, great point. That's a really good point. Uh, you did, you'd be talking to the marketing department who wasn't talking to the merchandising team, who was, right? And now everybody's teaming up. And I think that made a big difference too. The store team was talking to the, the you know, the digital team and, it, you know, everybody was bringing the best of together and figuring out how do we make a holistic strategy this time? Um, really put, that, make it consumer centric. That's a great point. And I don't think that can be stressed enough. We were talking with senior executives of a very large company who spans across the United States and we had that exact conversation. How did you move so quickly? And they said, we all got together and we all knew that we had to do it to save the company. And so we just all pulled the same oar and we helped each other out. And if one region was doing something that they thought could help another region, we did that. And it, it really was a, a true example of working together and teamwork. No, absolutely. Well, as I suspected, we could go on 
and on on a conversation. <laughs> this has been great. It's uh, been very organic. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time with me. Um, and I know that um, as an organization, you know, you guys continue to innovate and will be bringing more to the table for us to watch. Um, so everybody, again, this was Tim Kane, Retail Solutions Industry Consultant for North America at Zebra Technologies. Tim, thank you so much for having this dialogue with me today and talking about really kind of, you know, what's next in retail. Well, Melissa, thanks for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. And as you said, we, we could go on longer, but I understand our time is up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you again.